0: I'm your host, David Frost. This is My Strategic Forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, January 14, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to take a look around the horn. We're going to talk about the S&P chart. We have somewhat of a tail candle. We'll get into more of that a little bit later. We also have a couple of other things of importance on the chart that I will point out later. I'll at least point out one of the two. We will look at other charts, smaller time frames in the S&P 500 or the SPY because they do tell a tale. We don't necessarily have to see everything that there is present on the chart in one single chart that's why we look around the horn we're also going to reiterate that time is more important than price from a time perspective we've been talking about for a few weeks now that we're looking into the zone that really begins next week so january 20th the week of January 20th, which is next week. And we do have off on Martin Luther King Day. So next week is a four-day trading week. Monday, the market is closed for MLK Day. There will be a resumption of trading Tuesday through Friday. Just so everybody's crystal clear, whether it's today or whether it's sometime next week, we're looking for a top. Let's start digging into a variety of different time frames. We'll start with the 240 minute chart. Has anything changed on this chart? No. Still in an uptrend. You just have a down candle on the 240 minute chart from today. But all in all, nothing has changed. Nothing wrong with the market. Move it along. What about the 120 minute chart? Has anything changed? Well, it looks similar to the 240. We're above all the moving averages. So technically, there's nothing wrong with this chart but we can start to make a case that we saw a reversal candle certainly on this 120 minute chart we had volume it was a reversal of the previous couple of candles and it was on significantly more volume than the average volume on this 120 minute chart so it's of note it's a puzzle piece it's on the table now we go down to an hourly chart and we see a couple of down hours but into a moving average So we stayed above the moving average. So again, technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with this chart. We can make a case for a reversal on about 14 million shares against an average of five or a little over five million shares on this hourly chart. So again, we have to take notice of that. We can't just whistle past the graveyard on a 14 million share candle. Now, what caused that? We had some shenanigans with some China news trade news, tariff news, whatever it was. What you'll find interesting is, the news tends to be bad enough or good enough regarding which direction the market's going. It always seems to be just enough to go to the next important area. That's precisely what happened today. We were headed higher. The melt-up was continuing. All of a sudden, a piece of news hits. The algorithms kick in. Computerized trading Volume picks up in a significant way. The vacuum effect takes hold because since we have light volume, any significant increase in volume can certainly and does certainly move the market in a very short order bigger than a bread box. We've seen this before. We've talked about this many, many times. You should be expecting that from this point forward. We switch over to the SP e mini futures contract, and we'll notice what the low of this candle was, which was 32.77. Inside the numbers, members were discussing 32.85 all day long, right from the get go. Above was bullish, below was bearish, and you can see what happened in the afternoon. The market basically traded in and around 32.85 slightly above slightly below closing above for the day we always want to take note of the first thing that jumps out at a chart at us we have a pretty good down move and we have a bearish wedgish formation here this will generally result in an ensuing move or a continuation move in the southern direction and look what you have down here on this chart you have a gap Lo and behold, about 3265. Not saying that all happens in one shot. Just saying the first thing that jumps out at me when I look at a chart is what I'm conveying to you. What we did just then was analysis in real time. What's the flip side? The flip side is this high here at 328975 Call it 3290. You start closing, and this is a 15 minute chart, so we're speaking in terms of 15 minute candles. You start closing above that high, above 3290 on 15 minute closes, and what happens? They want to run to the breakdown candle high. It's the same thing that happens over and over and over again. It's not a guarantee. What it is, is using the 80-20 rule because that's what happens the majority of the time. Keeping the ball, moving around the horn, back to the 120-minute chart, want to make some additional comments. Under normal garden variety market conditions, when you see a chart like this and you see a candle like that, on volume, it's a reversal candle. The challenge is we're in an uptrend, we know all that stuff, but again, under normal garden variety market conditions... Before we see another new high, they're going to pay a visit to the 20-period moving average and possibly below. Let me refresh your memory of what's below. We missed a gap by a few pennies. We know the story when that happens. That's generally bullish behavior in an uptrend. So the gap down below, it's missed by a few pennies. Here it is. 325.88 was the number. The low in this candle is 325.92. They missed the gap by four pennies, take off to the upside. They're coming back home. What happens next? Inside the numbers members will have the specifics and the particulars if the market is headed in that direction. About a short hop, we'll go over to inside the numbers. We'll take a look real quick at a scrolling view of the commentary. There's the pre-market morning commentary. We'll take a look at stocks on the move in a moment. Let me scroll up and you can see the commentary throughout the trading day you can pause and start or stop the video at your leisure what I'm doing is giving you an opportunity to see what inside the numbers members see all day long regardless of whatever the market is doing if it's whipping around we'll talk about the whips if it's not doing anything there's nothing to discuss if it's headed in one direction or another we're gonna note it if there's a pivot or an intraday pivot a morning pivot If there's an important number that shows up right out of the gate or throughout the trading day, we're going to talk about it. If the market centers around an important number, we're going to understand what the story is. That's the purpose of being a tour guide for Inside the Numbers members as far as the commentary goes. You never know what you're going to get throughout the trading day. We're coming close to the end of the day and this takes us right up into the later afternoon session. And there it is into the end of the day. You can see what I said at the end of the day. As you're aware, we're looking for a top. I'm okay with being a little early. As long as traders have the full and complete understanding, it could be wrong. They can certainly bolt on another 30, 50 S&P handles... On a spike with some more China news, any kind of news can be an excuse to spike the market. That's what happens in these uptrends. Any excuse is essentially a good enough excuse. We're in the midst of a blow-off top. Whether or not it's over, we don't know yet. We're going to do the best we can to identify it as early as possible. Stocks on the move. There were two stocks that hit their price targets today. We'll look at BSX and WFC. We'll always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We didn't have any ugly today. We had a couple of good trades. Neither of them were blockbuster trades, but a positive trade is money in the pocket. We'll take what we can get. You never know when the market's gonna hand you that huge, enormous, home run trade. This was a base hit. The first and second price targets were close by. We can average the two, and you can see in the middle what happens here. The market goes down to the second price, reverses, goes back above the first, and finishes out in a bullish formation at the end of the day. Net-net, if you average the two entry prices into the end of the day, you get roughly a 50 cent hit. Could be worse, it's a base hit. We like base hits. You string enough of those together and you wind up in the Hall of Fame. Little bit of a different routine with Wells Fargo. Came right into the number in the beginning of the day, right out of the chute had a nice little rocket ride quickly off the number and reverse back down. And you can see the importance of the number. And then you can see what happened. The longer it stays down near and around that number, the more likely it is that another destination was in mind. So we found support at the first number, never got to the second number, but began dripping away. So the second number could certainly come into view tomorrow. I don't know whether it will be on the board or not. The numbers were only good for today. But the little rocket ride up to about $50.74 was good for another base hit. And as these stocks were bouncing off their target prices, you'll go back to the notes from inside the numbers and you'll note that I was encouraging members to to take profit at a minimum to put something in their pocket. Let's move the ball around and take a look over in Camp IWM because we had an interesting day or movement in the IWM. You can see they made a new high. Backed off, but it was a pretty interesting day. If you go down to an intraday 15-minute chart, the opening print of the day, the IWM was down at 165 14. That's some turnaround. They ran up to fill the gap and kept going. You'll also notice in the commentary inside the numbers, we discussed this early on. It's always a tell, it being the IWM. It's my favorite market leading indicator. Use it intraday, use it on the daily chart, use it on many different charts. And we were able to use it today to identify the bullish nature of the market early on. How do we interpret the daily chart? Is it bullish? Is it bearish? Is it neutral? What is it? It's bullish. It's still technically in this bearish, wedgish formation, but they made a new high. They backed off of it, stayed above the moving average, had a nice turnaround early in the day. All that put in a bucket and mixed together is bullish behavior. What's going on down in the transportation department? Remember our hot mess of a chart? At... Double top. Double top or the old top happens to be eleven thousand two twenty-six fifty-four. And let's see what the high today was eleven thousand two twenty-eight twenty, eclipsed by a couple of points, and backs off. That's normal garden variety testing of a double top behavior. NASDAQ or the Qs in this case made a slight new high, backed off today, did not close above yesterday's high. It's in a very firm uptrend. The issue with the NASDAQ is, and there's a bull and a bear case to this, the issue for the bears is you're in a very, very strong and firm uptrend. The issue for the bulls is it's way too high on the chart, way too far away from home base. What's home base? The 20-period moving average. Markets never like to get far away from home base, so therefore they tend to come back and test or pay a visit to home base. If the 20 period moving average, which is the red trend line, right around 214 and change is home base, there's a lot of white space between home base and current price. Now, price doesn't have to come all the way into home base in one shot. What can happen and what often does happen in uptrends is home base continues to move up as time goes on because it's in an uptrend. So tomorrow, the 214.19 you see today, which is where the end of the 20-period moving average is today, that'll be a different number tomorrow. It'll be higher on the chart. So even if price goes sideways for a while, it gives home base a chance to catch up to price, somewhat of resetting the market. Just felt the need to reiterate the same thing we discussed, I believe, yesterday. Don't know why. How about the VIX? What's going on over here? I think it's a little bit interesting. We have the S&P 500 basically at new highs. We have the Qs at new highs. We don't have the VIX at new lows. Why is that? Well, I'm not going to be able to answer why that is, but what I can do is pass along some information that I see on the chart, what's important to me. It's the first thing that pops up on the chart when I see it. First thing, second thing, third thing, those are what's important. Those are typically what end up to be the actual story. First thing I see, below all the moving averages, that's weak, that's bearish. I also see a pretty decent spike today. That's interesting. What that tells me is there's a lot of jitters going on out there. Maybe the movement today, maybe the news was a bunch of shenanigans, maybe it wasn't But that's an interesting spike in the VIX. The market's jittery. It's of note. It's on the table. And here's the other thing. You're still making higher lows. As slight as they may be, we're making, or the VIX is making, has made thus far, higher lows. Are higher lows bearish or bullish? They're bullish on their face, but you have to take into consideration everything else that's on the chart. You have to throw it all into the bucket. It's its own puzzle, just like every other chart. Going down to the hourly chart, I would say that's a breakup candle. And I would say against the low of that breakup candle is where the VIX will want to stay above if the VIX in and of itself is to be bullish if that third higher low is meaningful whatsoever so that was another example pretty much in real time how we look at one chart we identify things that are important we go look at another chart We identify things that are important and we begin to piece together the story, which is the same thing as filling in the pieces of the puzzle. What do we have going in the XLF? Got to keep the ball moving around the horn. Interestingly enough, we had a spike above the important number of $30.98. How do we read this? We don't do anything but say we're above all the moving averages, going sideways in a bullish Flaggish type of pattern attempting to break out of former highs until and unless something changes. That's the current state of the XLF. That's the umpire talking. How about the SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Anything doing here? Maybe this is a tail slash doji candle, but the question is is it meaningful? Remember, we're above all the moving averages. Technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with this chart. If, in fact, we're ever going to have a top in the market, and we will have a top, it's going to come with a surprise. Nobody's getting a postcard or a text message letting you know when the top is coming in. There'll be something out of left field. That's the way it always works. That's the way you should expect it to work this time and every other time following. And with that, folks... I'm going to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I will pull the ripcord here. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. And all things considered, the SPY down 7 cents as I speak. That was a lot of information for a market that moved 7 cents. We can always learn something from the market every single day. There are always takeaways. We compound the knowledge which in turn will compound our investment and or trading accounts. If you have the knowledge, the money will follow. I'm David Frost. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.